Welcome to Dad Devotionals with Dave Domzowski. This is the place for Christian fathers, husbands, and those who love them to find the inspiration, grace, and guidance to help you live God's will for your life and finish your race strong. We share scripture readings, prayers, and advice to help you in your personal and professional life. Now pop in the earbuds or turn up the volume and let's get to today's episode. Hey dads, are you responsible for your household or business finances? If so, check out my website, runthemoney.com. Run the Money is the place for money management tips for saving more, paying off debt, and budgeting. I also give you ideas and information for starting a side business. If you're in between jobs or need a way to get a better handle on your family's money, go to runthemoney.com for free articles on money management. That's runthemoney.com, R-U-N-T-H-E-M-O-N-E-Y, all one word, runthemoney.com. I'll see you there. Hey guys, welcome to Dad Devotionals. Joining me today is an Orthodox Christian and friend of the show by the name of Ephraim. He's a 41-year-old father of four children, and he works as a recording engineer, and his wife is an educator. He's also the creator of the Orthodox Pilgrim YouTube channel, which is a combination of monologues, interviews, and roundtable discussions. Orthodox Pilgrim is just shy of 1,000 subscribers and has over 20,000 views on YouTube. Ephraim, welcome to Dad Devotionals. It's great to have you. Thank you, Dave. Glad to be here. Let's just dive right in. Um, first question I have for you, I like to ask this, especially when I have dads on the show. Tell us about your Orthodox journey. Were you raised in the faith or did you convert? No, I'm a, I'm a convert. Um, I was raised in what I would refer to as high church Lutheranism for a long time. Um, I was a member of the uh, Wisconsin uh, Evangelical Synod um, for a, a good portion of my youth. Um, and then quite sadly, um, because of the direction it went, eventually um, my family was also part of ELCA, um, which is known for being, unfortunately, today a uh, shell of its former self, shall we say, for a lot of political reasons that we don't need to get into. But um, I was with them for quite a while. And then back again with uh, Wisconsin Senate again, um, being the more you know conservative and traditional um, uh, wing, if you will, of, of Lutheranism. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a convert to Orthodoxy from Lutheranism directly. What, uh, what led you to the faith? Well, I, I think you could say uh, quite simply that in my, uh, as you mentioned at the beginning, I'm 41, um, mm-hmm. probably in my mid-20s is when I began, began to become a little disillusioned um, with Lutheranism in general and just where I felt the Lutheran church was at. It just felt very um, stagnant, you know. Um, it felt like I wasn't becoming I didn't feel like every Sunday when I would go to church, which I shamefully admit wasn't every single Sunday, but when I would go, I just never felt that I was particularly uh, spiritually enriched or spiritually fed, as people say, you know? Sure. And so I just, I felt like there was a, just a growing disillusionment with that. Um, and so that kind of started to lead me towards the direction of looking for the truth and where's the true church and that sort of thing, you know? I appreciate you sharing that. I always like to get an idea of what kind of brings people in. And it always seems like elsewhere, there always seems to be that something, just something missing, something that they they can't necessarily always put their finger on it. Like, like you eloquently there, but there just seems they need, they need something more. They need, they need more, they need more answers. So they go out searching and, you know, know, uh, father Barnabas, who who was on the show 
yeah. you know, about a month ago, he actually had a, had a similar experience where he, he just, he, he went on that journey to, to try to find something deeper, just something that, right. It, it you know there, there, it it wasn't congruent it was it wasn't it wasn't uh, adding up for him so I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. Yeah. Tell us why you started the Orthodox Pilgrim YouTube channel. Sure. Um, well, the initial reason was just to um, share my own journey um, towards the Orthodox Church and the Orthodox faith. You know, um, I felt like it was it was one half me wanting to process my own journey but also another half of me wanting to share my journey with other people because I was starting to realize quite quickly um, how many different people I was encountering in my personal life um, through, through even my own parish or just making friends with people online that so many other people were in my same, uh, you know, position. They were, they were converts heading towards the Orthodox church, but coming at it from completely different angles, you know, everything from atheists to pagans to Catholics to Lutherans to Baptists to non-denominational Christian so-called, you know, and uh, I just felt like it would be, I, I could just be one more voice out there um, sharing my own journey and helping people with theirs to the best of my abilities as a lay person. You know, I'm not ordained. I, yeah. I don't know if I ever will necessarily go to seminary, although I wouldn't rule it out, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just felt like maybe I could help other people through some kind of um, even just the basic lay uh, ministry of evangelization and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people. And, uh, and how the conversion of my heart to the Orthodox faith was a true change of heart for me in that uh, me, by being very honest about myself and my own struggles and, and the demons that I've fought for many, many years, maybe that would help other people, you know. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. You know, that, that's part, actually part of the reason I, I started uh, Dead Devotionals earlier this year. It was, on, it was a response yeah. to the pandemic. I, I have a, I'm able to read in church, you know, I have that blessing. So I thought this was a way to kind of uh, help people while you know church yeah. wasn't in session. Um, no, exactly. And, and if I if I can real quick too, I did please. something similar. I did something similar on my own Discord server. Um, I run a community um, on on Discord called Ortho Folks. Mm -hmm. And uh, d as soon as all of us were basically told, "Hey, you can't go to church anymore," um, within a week, I was doing Akathists five times a week on my Discord and chanting, you know, for twenty minutes or thirty minutes or however long long Akathist prayer would take. Um, and lots of people were, were <clears throat> pardon me, logging in to listen because I could tell that they felt really uh, out in the cold, you know, and that mm -hmm. they felt like their spiritual life, just like me and you, our spiritual yeah. lives were suffering for all these stupid changes that have happened to, to us in, in, in our country and around the world, too. And so it was nice to see, like, you know, sometimes only be two or three people would log in to listen to me chant, you know, yeah. but uh, sometimes I'd have a dozen people in there. And I, and I just thought, OK, good. Like, even if I'm only doing this for one person. I felt like I was doing something spiritually beneficial for them. I'm not doing it for myself. I mean, I, I'm, I'm enriching myself because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm chanting and reading the Octopus Prayer too, of course, you know, but I really was doing it for everyone else, you know, out of the goodness of my heart, you know. That's beautiful, man. Thank you for sharing that. And that actually yeah. leads me to my next question. So sure. other Christian content creators, particularly Orthodox, that I've had on, uh, like Stratus from Trisayon Films and uh, yeah. Raphael from Orthodox Review, They've said that yeah. focusing on their project that proclaims the Orthodox faith has really helped to deepen their faith. Is that true yeah. for you as well? And how so? Oh, oh completely. Yeah. I mean, um, for example, in two ways, um, uh, one relates to my YouTube channel with a specific video and the other relates to my discord community Great. Um, with my YouTube channel in particular. I think we're coming up on a year ago since I recorded the video. Wow. I recorded a very, very honest and soul bearing video called pornography of the demons of lust. 
Mm. Um, I'm a guy that suffered from an addiction to that filth for uh, way too long. And um, I felt like if I recorded a video, um, you know, or, well, it's just a monologue, it's just me talking, you know, but if I just shared my own personal struggles and just literally bared my soul wide open to other people, because I think as Christians, we're called to be truthful and honest in all things, you know, that maybe I could reach other young men out there who are str struggling from the same thing. Well, I'll tell you what, that I think that's still the highest viewed video I have on my YouTube channel. And I had so many young men and, and some women, admittedly, but mostly young men, teenagers up through 20 and 30 somethings and even older guys, too, that reached out to me privately on, on Twitter. They'd send me a direct message, you know, and they'd say, man, you know, I, I've been struggling myself. And can you give me any more advice? Like, I really appreciate your video and the advice that was in it. But so that's kind of one way I think. Wow. I've been able to make kind of an impact, you know, um, and then the other way is through my Discord community, too. Um, Discord's kind of a weird place, you know, it, it's actually a platform that was originally made for computer gamers, uh, guilty as charged. I, interesting, I, I like okay. Uh, but what's interesting about it is there's so many different communities on Discord that have nothing to do with gaming at all. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a great platform. It's both, it's, it's both a um, text channel, uh, like forum-based discussion thing, and it's also voice. So you can just hop into a voice chat with pretty much as many people as you want. And can have conversations with Orthodox Christians from around the world that you bring into your community, you know, and we help each other, you know, we pray for each other. We have a prayer request section on the server too. Um, and I do a lot of counseling on the side. I am not a licensed, you know, psychologist. I'm just a 41 year old guy who's married, who's got kids, who has lived through a lot. I've been through a lot. I've suffered through a lot myself. So I can, I can relate a lot of my own experiences to people in a very firsthand way. Um, but I also know a lot of unfortunate, sad stories secondhand, things that have happened to members of my own family that are too horrible to talk about in this particular, you know, podcast, sure. but, sure. and also my, within even my group of friends, you know, things that they've gone through. And I think people see a genuineness and an honesty in me. And, and then that, that allows me to be, become somewhat trustworthy to them. So, I mean, I, I, you know, without naming names, I mean, I've counseled no less than three or four people who have been very suicidal wow. in the last wow. year. And because of my Twitter and my YouTube and my Discord, you know, things. And, and I've been able to bring them back into kind of reality and say, no, look, God loves you. And he doesn't want you to go down that dark road. You know, that's, that's Satan and the demons whispering stuff to you. And so I try to talk some sense into them and show them that life is very much worth living and that they're here for a reason, you know? So anyway, I think, I think through these different formats, um, I, I hope I'm doing good. I, I hope that I'm doing some sort of good work that God has called me to do, you know? Well, clearly it sounds like a calling and, and I thank you for sharing that. That is so genuine that it, that is so appreciative to just, just to hear, you know, outside of just the channel, you know, I didn't realize yeah. to the extent that you were working with discord. Um, sure. You know, th thank you for that. And you know, yeah. what, what came to mind as you were speaking is iron sharpens iron. And, yes. you know, especially at a time like this where, you know, who's, I don't know anyone that's lived through a pandemic before this. Do you know anyone that lived through the, you know, um, uh, what yeah. was it? What was the previous one back in 1918? Spanish flu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, there, was mean, one the, there was one in the 50s too, but yeah, the big one was the, the, the so-called Spanish flu, and that happened in 1918. You know, right, um, right. In fact, in fact, my great grandfather uh, he caught that. Oh and wow! My great and my great grandma grandmother nursed him through health, and by some, uh, you know, miracle of God's grace, neither she nor the four children, including my grandmother. Uh, caught it at all he just was wow. you know put, put in a side bedroom and she just nursed him back to health but it was it was touch and go you know so that's incredible um yeah. so we, we've talked a little bit about you know yeah. what you've done personally your, yourself and then also with your with your projects and discord and everything but what are yeah. some of the things that you do with your family at home to live out the faith well 
faith for us has become a very big, important part of our family life. And um, again, I'm sad to say that it wasn't that way in the early days when my girls were younger and before we converted to orthodoxy, you know, I mean, we would go when we were Lutheran, we would go to church here and there off and on, you know, um, a couple times over a period of a few months. And then it could be a long stretch of three to six months. We just didn't go to church at all, you know, and that's my fault. You know, I take full responsibility for that. If there's one thing that I've learned about becoming an Orthodox a Christian uh, who is a father and a husband is that it is our responsibility as men uh, to be the spiritual head of our households. You know, one thing that I thought was so interesting and also beautiful in a manner of speaking um, about the Orthodox household for just lay people, you know, people like us who aren't, who aren't priests and deacons and bishops and this sort of thing, you know, is that we are the king and our wife is the queen, don't get me wrong, but we are the king of our household. And it's like a little kingdom, like a little church. And so it's our responsibility to have a, a role of leadership within the family unit and structure and to, um, you know, uh, try to make sure that we, we are the ones that are always bringing our, our family to church as often as possible. Obviously that's changed because of, you know, the recent, you know, baloney with the virus and all this sort of thing. But, um, but, but at home, it's just as important virus or no virus, you know? So, um, one thing that I did is for a while there, I actually had, uh, I actually had the prayer corner, so to speak, back in the back bedroom, like the master bedroom. You know, I didn't have it out in the open. No particular reason for that. It's just at the time, I didn't really have a free wall to put it on, you know. But then I kind of re was reassessing, you know, the setup in the house one day. And I thought, you know, I can move all that stuff of mine out to the studio, which is where I'm sitting right now, you know, out in a separate building on my property. But, um, you know, and, and, and I'm going to put it, I'm going to go ahead and use this east wall because I know technically speaking, it's good to have your prayer corner on the east wall. You know, it's kind of a traditional thing. Right. Uh, but and so I've set it up there now. And it's a wonderful place. It's a beautiful place. We look over, even if you just look over it during the day, yeah. it reminds you of, of, the, of that, which is important and most important, which is your spiritual life. So, so as a father, I try to do my best to lead the family in, you know, evening prayers. Um, I certainly lead the family in mealtime prayers too. Um, as a Lutheran, you know, you kind of just get used to only praying for your dinner meal. I know that might sound silly, but it, it's just reality. It's just, we never, we never, we're always thankful for our food. Don't get me wrong, but you know, we don't just think, oh, we should bless anytime we're about to eat or drink something, you know, or whatever. And so I'm now getting more in a mindset of that's an important thing to do as a, as a family, like even if it's just lunch or something or, or whatever, or, or even if we're out at restaurants, I, I publicly pray now for the meal, just the same way I do at the dinner table. And that's Good something I never, thank you. And that's, not, that's something I, I started to kind of do it a little bit in the later years of being Lutheran, but, but um, maybe because I felt my heart was being pulled in that direction in general, but now it's something I, I very deliberately do, you know. Yeah, you know, growing up Catholic, uh, for me, I converted uh, four years ago, but yeah. growing up Catholic, uh, you know, I almost got the sense that my family was like, okay, church is over here, it's in its box here on Sundays, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. we really only go because we're ticking a box and to say sure. that we went. It wasn't right. very important for my dad to show up. That was his time to go food shopping. So my mom <laughs> ushered us along because it was a good thing to show that we went. And then I, that way right. I wouldn't confess it to the priest when they would take us school kids to go to confession. <laughs> right. No, that's very true. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think if I can comment on that real quickly too, sure, I, think that, I, I think quite honestly, that's one thing that really appealed to me greatly about orthodoxy and why I really believe in my heart that any Christian who's going to listen to this podcast in the future on replayback, um, who isn't, isn't, isn't currently Orthodox, but is maybe contemplating or wondering about it. Being Orthodox is a daily thing, right? Yes. Like the, the whole, the whole purpose of our lives on this earth is to draw nearer and nearer to God daily through prayer and repentance. 
right? To start working towards the salvation that he desires for us to cooperate in receiving, you know, and I think the problem, uh, you know, and not to throw people under the bus, you know, so to speak, but the problem I find with much of American Christianity, regardless of what you know, denomination or, or label they may apply to themselves, is that there is this spiritual complacency that has crept into Western Christianity, I feel, in America specifically, over the last probably 50 years or 60 years or so. And it's this thing where it's like, yeah, okay, we go to church on Sunday, but then Monday through Saturday, you know, there's just nothing going on. Like, I'm not saying they don't right. pray at mealtime. I'm not saying that they don't help their neighbors or these other things. But there's something about being an Orthodox Christian that hour by hour, day by day, there's this constant thought process and remembrance of your spiritual life and how important it is. And I just think that it's kind of like, um, and I know we don't have time maybe to get into it. And I do talk about it in a couple of videos on my channel too, about my actual conversion experience, you know, or whatever. Um, one of them is called reflections. Um, um, and so if you just go on YouTube and type in Orthodox Pogrom reflections, that particular video will come up. It's about 20 minutes long. And it basically talks about my religious experience that I had in Northern England two summers ago. Um, and followed immediately the next day after by a complete random encounter with uh, three monastics who happened to belong to an Orthodox mission parish up wow. in Glasgow, Scotland, you know. And so, anyway, I'm rambling a little bit, but my, I guess my point is, you know, the one thing that they told me, uh, Father Augustine there in Glasgow told me, is he says, the problem that too many Christians make, um, and Orthodox Christians too can be, can be guilty of this, but just in general, he said, the problem is we spend too much time up here mm. and not enough time down here. And he said the, the goal of the, the Orthodox Christian life is to get our mind in sync with our heart so that our heart is dictating what our mind should be thinking about at all times instead of the other way around. Oh, amen. Amen to that. No, that, that, is, that is the essence of what the church fathers teach, is it not? I mean, that's, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And, sure. you know, I think that concept especially has become so much more important now um, you know, I, I know some churches are obviously letting you go back and some, you know, provided yeah. online services. How did your family cope with that? It, it sounds like you have a, you know, a decent handle on things, obviously, before the pandemic. Yeah. But pandemic strikes, churches close. How were you guys doing with, with it then? And how are you dealing with it now? Sure. Well, and, and again, I'm a very honest person. So forgive Please. me if I'm a little, forgive me if I'm a little blunt with my answer here. It's okay. Um, I'll be honest with you. Um, it's been very, very hard, um, maybe more so on me than my wife and the kids, to be honest, you know, um, but even some of my kids, you know, my oldest, is, she's 12 years old, you know, and she even told me too, that she kind of missed going to church and singing in the choir and seeing everybody too. And, and, and it, we all feel that way. Don't get me wrong, you know. Um, but I think one thing that really frustrated me more than anything, and maybe this is just my, you know, previous Protestant rebellious, uh, or even just American rebellious spirit, you know, um, speaking, but. I didn't understand why we weren't really given any explanation, like at real details. I mean, like, here's like the, the reasoning behind why, like, for example, I, I belong to the OCA jurisdiction, you know, but I know this has affected all jurisdictions. Anyway, I didn't understand why the bishops weren't coming out and explaining to us why, in our opinion, being the people who hold my particular opinion, which is why is the church capitulating to the federal and state government? Right. Uh, you know, why, why is the church not actually using this as a great opportunity to show that we're different? In fact, I personally feel that the Orthodox Church missed a tremendous opportunity to separate themselves from all of the heterodox churches. This was, the, the, this was a fantastic opportunity for the Orthodox Church to say, no, 
services will continue. If people feel um, fearful and afraid and they desire to stay at home and not come to church, that's fine. We, we love you. We respect you. We want you to be safe. And look, let's be honest, the, the virus to a great extent has really just been affecting people in either immunocompromised or health compromised uh, categories, certainly the elderly. Well, if you're immunocompromised or you have a health condition or you just happen to be an older person who's in your, I don't know, 70s, 80s, 90s, well, then maybe it is safe for you to stay home and not come to church. And I respect you and I love you as a brother and sister in Christ if you make that decision. But why the rest of the laity has to suffer right now spiritually uh, by being told that we can't come to church, I just, it, I tell you, it's been a really, really tough thing on me. But again, yeah. like I said before, what it's done for me, though, is it's made me realize that I can't just sit around and give up on my spiritual life. I have to continue to try to remain as spiritual as possible through prayer at home, through reading at home. Um, and through, luckily, we have this technology, you know, we're able to, uh, you know, talk with people, our brothers and sisters in Christ via the internet, either via video or just voice or text or whatever. And so our online communities have really become a place for us to pull together. Because again, Absolutely. I know this may sound silly, but I firmly believe that Christ wasn't saying, you know, whether wherever two or more of you are gathered, I am there in your midst. He wasn't saying that necessarily even in a physical sense. We don't have to necessarily be two or three people physically assembled together in the same building. I believe that we are able to come together spiritually, oh, yeah. um, you know, even over the, over the Internet and, 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 uh, and come together, uh, you know, as the body of Christ. Well, even just, you know, you're in front of your, your, your icon corner. I mean, yes. you're, you're there, you're there with the saints, you're praying to them. They, they are interceding yes. for you before, before the throne of God. So, I mean, that's, right. you know, you're there with them we're, as well. We're surrounded, right. We're surrounded by the cloud of witnesses, regardless of whether or not we're standing in church, surrounded by our icons, or as you just said, with our prayer corners at home. I, I completely agree with you on that. Amen. You know, jumping off of that a little bit, this wasn't going to be one of my questions, but you made me think yeah. of it. I don't know sure. if you saw this. It was, it was circulating on social media over the last couple of days. Uh, and um, so that was about, just for frame of reference for when this goes out, that was about, uh, I would say, May 28th, I think is when I saw this. And it okay. said that it was an AP article that said that, uh, you know, it was, it was citing the communion in Greek Orthodox churches and how, you know, the, the communion cup, particularly the spoon, would, yes. be, would spread the virus. Right. And, you know, we, obviously we have 2,000 years of history uh, yeah. in the Orthodox faith to say otherwise. Uh, do you want to speak to that? Um, do you have any comment there? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. Um, I think that um, uh, the, the, the only church on earth that takes the Eucharist, which is the body and blood of Jesus Christ, um, to its most serious level is the Orthodox Church. I'm not saying that we didn't take it seriously as Lutherans. I believe that we did. I'm not saying that Catholics or Anglicans, you know, other, you know, quote unquote, high church groups that are sacramental. I'm not saying they don't take it seriously. Um, right. But I think if you don't realize what precisely the Eucharist is, um, that we could absolutely not get a disease or a sickness or a virus or a bacteria or anything from the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And personally, I believe that extends to the, both the spoon and the chalice itself. I don't believe that anyone is going to get sick from those things. Um, and and that simply, and if you think that you are, that's a, that's a weakness in your faith. And I won't judge you for it. I, I get it. Everyone Everyone's scared right now. Everyone's concerned about these things. But it tells me that you really need to go back um, and speak with your priest um, privately and, and really make sure that he's explaining to you exactly what the Eucharist is. I forget who it was. I want to say it was a gentleman 
with a name like Bishop Isaiah or something like that. I want to say out of Colorado. And he wrote a really great article a couple months ago when this first all came up, you know, regarding the communion spoon and the Eucharist in general. And he basically said that, you know, if you believe that you're going to get sick from the Eucharist, you should not receive the Eucharist until you understand that you will not get, you know, get sick from the Eucharist. And and I know it sounds harsh, but look, uh, you know, uh, truth is truth. And uh, truth doesn't, absolute truth and objective truth doesn't get to change simply because you've got different feelings or personal preferences on the matter. You know, you're entitled to your own personal feelings on things, I suppose, to an extent or whatever, but don't, don't think for a second that your personal preferences and feelings trump the teachings of the church as to what specifically the Eucharist is, you know? Amen. Well, you know, I feel like it's something that everyone's okay with until something like this happens. Sure. And they're like, well, I don't know. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're backing away. You know, it's, it's obviously, you, you know, you have faith until there's a little bit of fear yeah. that's thrown out there. Well, well and let's be real quick too. Let's be honest. You know, I mean, I've heard this charge made in the past too um, of Catholic churches where it used to be a communal cup, right. you know, or even just other churches in general where they would use a communal cup. And it wasn't like the little individual cups we had in the Lutheran church or, or this sort of thing too. So I understand there's even before, what I'm saying is even before this virus, there was always this kind of queasiness that some American Christians had about this communal cup thing. But again, I I think if you come to understand precisely what the Eucharist is from the Orthodox perspective, and quite frankly, that this is and always has been the teaching of the church, then you'll understand that it is something so beautiful, so transcendent. Um, and, And I mean, Eucharist itself comes from the Greek Eucharistos. It means Thanksgiving. I mean, it is truly something to give thanks for. It is truly how Christ dwells within us and we dwell within him when we receive the Eucharist, you know? And so again, I I would just encourage anyone who is, is struggling, who is an Orthodox Christian, who's struggling with that regard, talk to your priest. Don't, don't just, you know, don't just be afraid on your own, but actually talk to your priest about it because, you know, your weakness and faith can be made strong again. I I appreciate this. And I I can, I'm beginning to see why, you know, people come to you on your discord channel to, to, to listen to you and, and, and to commune with you and to speak with you. I'm just, I'm just just the guy, man. Hey, (laughs) you know, know. it's, no, it's beautiful. And I, I, I appreciate it. Believe me. Sure. Um, one of the last questions I have for you is, can you give us a piece of scripture, a quote from the fathers or any, any parting advice that helps you uh, personally live out orthodoxy? Wow. That's, uh, (laughs) Really good question. And of course, I have my computer, which is right here next to me, turned off because yeah. I don't want to have to listen to the fans of it. Blowing, you know, for me to refer to. It. And I <laughs> sure. and I joke with I joke with a lot of my friends on Discord too that I'm the king of paraphrasing Bible verses, but I'm usually not very good at remembering them verbatim. You know, um, or or even remembering what chapter and verse they come from. Right, you know, right. Um, I think for me, um. Gosh, that's sorry. That is just such a such a deep deep question. There's so many different directions you could go with it. Take your time. I think, sure. I think for me, as I mentioned earlier, the concept of our of the whole meaning and purpose of our lives as Christians is to draw nearer uh, to God daily through prayer and repentance. I think it's to also as, as as Christ Himself said. You know, He said, "If you want to follow Me, if you if you truly are My disciple, you will deny yourself." which means to deny your, your, your sins, your sinful inclination of your, your fallen nature, to, to deny the passions. And the passions are everything from, from anger um, to, to lust, to gluttony, um, to laziness, which is, is known as sloth. If we can deny those things in ourselves and embrace the opposite of them, which are the virtues, right? Humility, forbearance, uh, you know, patience, chastity, 
um, sure. temperance, these sorts of things. You know, if we're able to do those things, that has to do with denying ourselves. The next part of the statement Christ makes is that we're supposed to take up our cross daily and then follow after him. And that's what it is. It's to take up the struggle of what it means to be human in this mortal life and to have a fallen nature. You know, it's, it's, it's not just our, our, our bodies and our minds um, that are, have become corrupt because of the fall of mankind from the grace of God, uh, but our hearts too. And so we have to go inward and renew our hearts and bring them back to God as a sacrifice. You know, as it says in Psalm 50 in the Orthodox Bible, that's Psalm 51 in Protestant or Catholic Bibles, you know, a sacrifice unto God is a broken spirit, a heart that is broken and humbled, God will not despise. And I love that prayer. I think it's so vitally important that um, Christians in general, uh, but especially Orthodox Christians, um, say the Trisagian prayers in the morning and really embrace and pray and chant the words of Psalm 50, um, uh, which is the one that begins with, you know, um, uh, oh, now I'm blanking out. It's, uh, um, uh, how does Psalm 50 start? Help me out. I'm struggling here. It's, Jeez, now, uh, now I'm forgetting too. You're getting... I know, right? I always forget how, <laughs> um, uh, anyway. Just yeah. look up Psalm 50 yeah. in the Orthodox Bible or, or Psalm 51 of the Protestant Bible. and you, that, that, That's the one you want to go with, you know. But I think the only other words of comfort that um, I would share with everyone that helped me is a lot of people question the future. They question what happens after we die. And they don't know whether there is a world to come or not. And I forget exactly where. I want to say it's in the Gospel or Matthew or Luke. But Christ was asked this by his apostles. And he said, you know, he said, be not afraid. I go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. And I go to prepare a place for you so that one day I will be able to bring you to myself. And there you will dwell with me and I will dwell with you. Again, I'm paraphrasing what he said there. But I take those, that section of verses and I, and I kind of link that with also the, the promise, the beautiful promise that he made to the penitent thief who was hanging on the cross next to him. As Christ was being crucified, people tend to forget there were two other thieves who were also simultaneously being crucified. One was unrepentant, one was repentant. And the repentant thief had a divine revelation. And he realized in that moment that Jesus Christ is God. And he said to him, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. And Christ said the most beautiful thing in the world to him. Sorry, it's a little emotional. He said, truly, I say to you, today, you will be with me in paradise. And so I take these beautiful words that Christ has given us about the promise of the future and that this is not the last place at all. We, this, is, this world that we're in, this life that we have been given by God, this life that is absolutely worth living is merely a journey and, a des and the destination is in the future and that future world to come that Christ is at this very hour preparing for each and every one of us who have faith in him, you know? So I think for me, I think for me in, in times of uh, struggle, and turmoil internally or, or just or even externally you know when we when we we get so distracted by the things that happen in this world whether it's war or famine or disease and like this virus or pestilence or now we're having these unfortunate riots around our country we we get so wrapped up in the temporary things of this world that we just forget about the world to come and that if we would let the world to come if we would let christ be our our guiding light in this world of darkness that we would realize this is not it. This is not the only place that, that we are meant to be as people, you know? That was beautiful, man. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, sure. you, you've put it, you've put it more nicely than, and more succinct and more uh, relatable than I think than some of the other people that I've had on and even, you know, just other uh, books or resources that I've seen in general. So I, I appreciate that. And I think sure. anyone that, that listens to this, hopefully some that aren't Orthodox will realize the beauty of the Orthodox faith because of what you just said. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and if I can make one quick comment on that too, just regarding any, any, any Christians who are, are not, not currently Orthodox, but are possibly considering it, I, I am right where you used to be. I was sitting in church thinking, is this as good as it gets? Is this the fullness of the gospel? Is this literally the church that Christ established on earth? And for reasons of both church history and theology, I came to the conclusion that the Lutheran church I once belonged to could not possibly be that church. It's, mm -hmm. it's indirectly connected. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the church. And so I would encourage people, get educated. You can self-educate yourself in many ways like I have with regards to church history. If you can figure out what happened during the 1500 years, essentially, that went from between uh, Christ establishing the church in the gospel of Matthew chapter 16 through 18, and also when the Holy Spirit descended at Pentecost, if you can go from Pentecost all the way forward to the Reformation and fill in that gap in your church history knowledge, I'm telling you, light bulbs are going to start clicking in your head left and right, and you're going to go, wait a minute, wait a minute, hang on, there's more going on here than I realized. And if you're willing to do that, if you can set aside your presuppositions for even just a few minutes and start to dive into some of these different subjects, you'll realize quite quickly that the fullness of the gospel can be found within the Orthodox Church, and that some other churches out there get close to that fullness more than others, I'll admit, but it's still not the fullness. And if you want the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're only going to find it in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, which is the Orthodox Church. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you so much for that. Sure. Uh, as, as we wind down here, where can yeah. we learn more about Orthodox Pilgrim? Sure, absolutely. Um, so I have a blog that unfortunately never gets looked at. And needs, I need, I need to, I've just never been much of a blogger, although I'm a good writer. I, I think I'm, yeah. I'm fairly, I think I'm fairly eloquent, you know, yeah. and can convey my thoughts to people pretty easily. Sure. But, uh, but I, I do have a blog website called uh, www.anorthodoxpilgrim.com. That's A-N, then A-N-orthodoxpilgrim.com, anorthodoxpilgrim.com. And I do hope to start doing more blog entries on there. I've just been so very busy. You know, I mean, I, I try to devote as much time as I can to being online and helping people, you know, and, and, and preaching the gospel and sharing my faith with other people and encouraging them and theirs, you know. But I do have a life outside of that. You know, I've got a wife and I got four wonderful children. And our fourth and youngest uh, was just born two weeks ago. And so our hands are full with the cries of the baby all the time right now, you know. So I'm a little yeah. busy. But I hope, to get, I hope to get back to my blog and start updating it with some more entries on different topics that I think are important for people to think about. So this, this podcast I'm doing with you is actually an indirect uh, kick in the butt, if you will, to, to start thinking about that again. But the places where I, I put, tend to put more work into, um, I do have a Twitter account. My Twitter handle is at Pilgrim Orthodox. It's unfortunately the reverse of my username because somebody else, uh, a priest over in Ireland, who I might add has never used Father so-and-so, you've never I hate used that. Twitter account in 10 years. You've never used it in 10 years, and I would love to have at Orthodox Pilgrim, but unfortunately, yeah. it's the other way around. Um, and then, of course, if you go on YouTube, I'm on there, too. Um, um, if you just go on YouTube and type in Orthodox Pilgrim, I should now pop up as, as the Orthodox Pilgrim. Um, you know, I've got, like you said, I've got just under 1,000 subscribers. I'm really hoping to hit 1,000 subscribers this year if I can. Um, uh, just in, in general, that'll give me a lot more options that I'm able to do things with my YouTube channel. And um, I don't know if that opens up monetization for me or not, but it'd be nice if it kind of did, even if I got five bucks a month from it. I'd yeah, be happy, hey, you know? yeah. You know, but um, so I'm hoping for that. And I'm, oh, and then, then Discord too. Uh, I'm on Discord. Now, Discord's a little different. It's, it's kind of hard to find my server because it's technically a private server. If you'd like to join my Discord community, um, just message me on 
um, on Twitter. You can also send me an email. My email address is orthodoxpilgrim007 at gmail.com. Or if you're already on Discord, my Discord user ID is orthodox space pilgrim, then hashtag 2730. All right. I will make sure to link all that up in the show notes so people can find you, you and join it. And also, by the way, congratulations yeah. on uh, being a father times four now. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no problem at all. I'm sure that's got to be a quite the, you know, having a baby during a pandemic. I mean, you can, that's what you're, yeah. you're going to yeah, be able a, to tell them when they grow up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little weird. It's a little yeah, weird, but, you know, but, sure. uh, you know, glory, glory to God for all good things. Amen. And all things yeah. in general, you know, and we're so glad that she's here with us and we're taking good care of her. And we hope to get her baptized here uh, along with her, um, one of her older sisters um, in July. So we're looking forward to that. Beautiful. Well, Ephraim, this has been a pleasure. This has been one of my favorite interviews. Thank you so much for coming on. And let's help you get to that 1000 by the end of the year. I hope hopefully this hey, podcast will help. God, God willing, it will. And, and, and Dave, God bless you for all the good work that you do too in your online ministry as well. I think Thank that all of, us are, all of us Orthodox Christians are called in various ways um, to do these sorts of things. And what's nice about it is that, quite frankly, no two of us are doing it the same way. You know, I do right. monologue roundtables and interviews. And I have mm-hmm. actually, have two, if I can show myself real quick again, I actually Please. have two more interviews lined up this week on my YouTube channel on Wednesday, um, on Wednesday at uh, six o'clock Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to be uh, doing another uh, interview uh, for a series that I call I Am Orthodox. I'm interviewing a husband and wife uh, duo Joseph and Genevieve, who both joined the um, Orthodox Church together. And then I'll also be interviewing a young man on Friday. Um, I haven't figured out the time just yet, uh, but that'll be posted later on my, tw- my Twitter and on my YouTube channel. I'll be interviewing another gentleman named Wes, and he'll be telling us about his journey into Orthodoxy too. So I, I want to encourage all of the Orthodox Christians that are out there. If you think you have a unique story or a unique way of sharing your faith, um, uh, you know, the gospel of Christ, as well as uh, the teachings of the Orthodox Church, you know, um, think about starting a YouTube channel. Maybe you can find some sort of niche that isn't currently covered by any of us, you know, Orthodox YouTubers, and, and then you can be creating wonderful content yourself. So I encourage you, Dave, and I encourage all of you out there who might be considering doing it. I, I jumped in. I, I just went, no. I just went for it, you know. Yeah, no, that, I didn't, that's... I didn't even think about it. I just jumped in. Yeah, no, I, no, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I just started mine in, in mid-March. You know, it's, it started as, yeah. as a Facebook Live where I was just reading scripture, and it, and it you know, God turned it into this. So, I mean... Yes. He, he gave he gave us all talents. Let's use them to uh, spread his word. I mean, it's, Amen. it's Amen. beautiful. Ephraim, again, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. And I'll make sure to link all that up. You know, by the time this runs, the, those will have already have, have uh, gone live and premiered for you. But we'll make sure yeah. to link up that playlist so people can watch all those. Sounds good. And as I, as, and as I start all of my monologues on my channel, I'll end, I'll end, it, I'll end with this. Please. God's peace be to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Thank you so much, Ephraim. God bless you and God bless your family. God be with you and your family as well, brother. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Dad Devotionals with me, Dave Domzowski. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and also email us at daddevotionals at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash daddevotionals and also youtube.com slash daddevotionals. Make sure to subscribe, like us, Do whatever you got to do to stay in touch. Thank you for listening.